Hey everyone, welcome to Birth Podcast. I'm Ash. Thank you for joining me. Right now the world feels like it's standing still. We're faced off with a microorganism that attacks the lungs. It brings up fear. It brings up anxiety. And so I want to introduce you to Amir Jean. He is a yoga instructor who has been teaching for nearly three decades. He understands the anatomy of yoga, the anatomy of the body, of the breath, and every single one of his meditation and practices includes new breath exercises. It's something I really appreciate. He's been offering classes online, and I'll put all the links in the show notes and description box so that you can check it out too. I brought him on today because I wanted us to have a conversation about the breath, how important it is for us to remember As simple as that sounds and as simple as it is, it's the very thing we need to remind ourselves each and every day. So listen in. I want to start by asking you, how did you get to the work you are now? Who were you before you got into things like yoga and breath work and kundalini? Thanks for the warm welcome. Yeah, I am a father of four uh, grown up children <laughs> and um, um, many many moons ago in another life almost it seems now I was running another business as a designer because my one of my passions when I was much younger was design I my best friend is an architect and uh, I was uh, kind of quite naturally drawn to interior design so I had a A small cottage industry interior design company. That was my passion. I really enjoyed that. And as that business became more popular, when I started to have to do tax returns and VAT and payroll and hiring and firing and, you know, this kind of more mechanical aspects of running a growing business, it became more stressful for me. One day, the nanny of my children said to me, maybe you should come to yoga. You know, it's going to help you to uh, de-stress from the pressure of your your business and your work and I was like yeah yeah I'll come next week I'll come next week and then next week never really comes when you're running a business like that so yeah but she persisted with me and she said to me the week after she said listen I'm going to work my night off so that you can actually go to that yoga class and uh and I and I did actually go there because I was feeling particularly uh, stressed out and immediately after one session I recognized the benefits of uh, of yoga practice, the potential to restore my uh, sense of uh, peace and well-being, and you know, physical, mental, and emotional you know, balance. And yeah, I started to go once a week, and then twice a week that class, and then and then I became very fascinated in the in the history and the philosophy and the science and the kind of anatomy you know, physical and spiritual anatomy of, of yoga. After about one year, the teacher said to me, oh, you should uh, probably come and come to the school and meet the big wizard, you know, and, uh, and, and see if you want to go deeper in the teachings and maybe become a teacher. And I was like, yeah, I'm interested in going deeper and learning more because it was fascinating to me. I was a little bit like a naughty child, like constantly asking questions like, yeah, but no, but yeah, but no, but how, but who said, but like, how do they prove that? Like, what, you know, really, really? <laughs> and, uh, and, and I was, um, I was pleasantly surprised and, uh, and uh, warmly met and very impressed with the way in which the, the teacher of that weekend was able to field my questions and to actually cross-reference all of my inquisitiveness. I was actually able to bow and 
ask that teacher if they would be my my teacher and, and be my mentor. And that person went on to become my mentor for more than 15 years. I, I started to do uh, the teacher training program after about six months. I sold my business uh, and I started teaching little old ladies in the church hall in the village where I lived <laughs> at that time. Yeah, my friends were like, uh, what's your new job again? <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, yoga wasn't really fashionable or popular at that time. Not as fashionable or as popular as it is now, but like, you know, it was a relatively like unknown thing. I, I love it. I feel it's fulfilling. You know, I really feel like this is my calling and I never looked back. So I decided quite early on that I wanted to specialize. So I started to work with people with mental health issues. I started to work with people who had uh, substance abuse and misuse issues. And uh, then yeah, I started to work with um, kids who had been expelled from school because I was expelled from school myself. Um, I started to work with uh, young offenders and people who had young men that had tried to commit suicide. And yeah, and I, I just followed all of my fascinations, like, and just tried my best to work out how how it was possible to apply the yeah, the yogic science of self-awareness, self-discipline, self-healing, and self-love. I realized you had this passion to work with people who struggle with mental health uh, complexities. And, you know, you've, you've obviously referred to sort of the anatomy and the science of yoga and things like that. When someone came to you or has come to you, you know, with uh, difficult mental health issues, you know, where, where do you start with them? Where do you kind of find yourself? Where do, where do you begin that conversation with them? What I've learned over the many, many years of, of, uh, of yoga therapy, working with people in yoga, in a, as yoga as a therapeutic modality, is um, realizing that the best medicine for most people, whether they, I mean, everyone's on the sliding scale of mental health. I just want to say that every single person, me, you and everyone else, you know, we have good days and bad days or good days and less good days, however we want to phrase it. But, um, but everybody's on that sliding scale. And I see that for everyone, what seems to work best from my experience is um, when somebody appears in your life who is able to encourage you to slow down and to simplify your life to get back to basics to just get back to the very basicest things like do you drink enough water do you sleep enough what's your diet like you know can you really slow down can you prioritize what are the most important things for you and just focus on those things one at a time you know slowly slowly like just slow down so that 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 slowing down creates space and it and it uh, and into that space comes more presence and with that presence comes peace and peace of mind is the thing that everybody is really searching for, actually. That's the real medicine. You know, we've been uh, educated slash miseducated to always look for complicated solutions to things. And actually, from my experience, my personal experience and from working with people, I see that actually the solutions are normally extremely simple. And the best medicine for most people is to just simplify their life, is to really identify, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the very few things that are of most priority and to give all your attention to those things. And I see that that works pretty much well for everyone, regardless actually of the story or the circumstances or the situation or the characters or the movie or the drama or the, mm, you know, it's like 
just the truth. It's an absolute truth. I mean, that's, and yeah. I think that's something we, we all could be reminding ourselves, especially right now is, <laughs> is to, to simplify our space and, and ironically take a breath. You know, which kind yeah. of leads me into that. Like, that's something that you teach a lot. Um, one of the things I really enjoy about your practices is how much breath work you do. And, and really, the breath is, is coming back to almost a slow, steady space of concentration. Um, you know, I heard, I've heard it said that uh, if, you, if you concentrate on the inhale, you come back to your body just on the inhale alone first. And... and um, you know, breathwork is something that has become very important to me in my practice. You know, there's, I'm not, I'm not a uh, expert yogi in any way, but for me, a lot of my practice ends up becoming just, just the breathwork, just coming back to myself, right? Because that's what we're made of. Yeah, in the kind of the approach to uh, yoga practice, the formal physical disciplines, pranayama is the first of all those disciplines. Prana means breath, yama means control, and it informs all other aspects of the practice. Uh, and, you know, the practice itself is just a reflection of life. I mean, it's a re reflection of how to live your life in uh, a kind of a way that unifies all the elements and the aspect of what it is to be a human being, all the components okay, that create the human condition. Okay, and, and breathing is the first of all those disciplines because it is the first gift that's given to you when you arrive in this world. It is the very first thing that happens is <gasps> you inspirato, you gasp for the first in-breath. You know, life comes to you and it's the very last gift that's taken away from you as you depart this world. And that indicates the significance of this uh, relationship with breathing because it is always there. And it, that's one of the reasons why it's the first of the yogic disciplines is because it is always with you. Like if it's not there, you're not there. And it is a tool that you can use anywhere you are. Breathing is always happening. It's only ever happening in the present moment. And so when you come back to the breath, when you start to focus on the breath, you immediately arrive back in the present moment. You become fully present. It's almost so simple that people don't do it or they don't concentrate on it or they miss it or they take it for granted but um, when you come back to the present moment by becoming present to the rhythm the tides of your breath the rising and the falling of the diaphragm then with that presence comes peace because presence and peace they kind of go together and i mean not it's not always the case that when you're present you're peaceful because the difficult things can be happening in the present moment but when you're present to it, it puts you in the strongest possible position to be able to see things as they are and not allow the imagination to kind of run away with you. That can be like riding a wild horse. And, and if you've ever ridden a horse that suddenly becomes unruly or starts to run or gallop or buck, that is a very uncomfortable and a very dangerous thing. <laughs> and the mind is, is, this is a perfect analogy for the mind. The mind is something like, you know, a wild horse, the nature of the, the mind is like wind. You know, wind is constantly moving. Yeah, but wind is air. Air is breath. Breath is what helps you control the mind. <laughs> and so, you know, there are all sorts of synergistic kind of metaphors. And I think that this kind of insight, along with the actual formal physical disciplines of being shown techniques of how to breathe, 
uh, formulate a very simple but a very potent medicine because the body of its own innate kind of magic or wisdom or intelligence, whatever you want to call it, will breathe naturally for you. It will, you don't have to think about it. But the moment you start to think about it, you can take the reins, you can take control of it. And when you pick up the reins, you start to direct the horse. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell me about a time for you in particular um, where maybe you had a stressful situation or maybe there was a shift or a change going on and you just took time to stop and breathe and it, it shifted your perspective maybe in an entirely different way. Um, because mm. one of the things that, that I find is that if, if I'm going through maybe uh, a challenge, whatever that could be, it could be work-related, it could be personal-related, if I can just get a few moments to choose to take a few moments and even just a few breaths in, my perspective might change on that situation or my conversation might change with the person that maybe I'm not gelling with or, um, you know, or I'll, I'll come up with a more rational idea. So can you share maybe just a moment or a story for you personally that you felt like, you know, the moment you hit your mat or the moment you just sat down and, and, and were, you took time to breathe just that much, just a little while that you were able to kind of shift your space? Mm, well, for, for me, it's not just about the mat. I mean, the mat represents the kind of, uh, kind of, the kind of formal physical discipline of showing up to practice. But for me, yoga on the mat is just practice and it's practice for real life. And for me, you know, real life is living yoga. That's just every moment of every day. And, you know, and actually the tools and the, the, the skills that we develop while we're practicing, uh, like all uh, practice, only becomes relevant or meaningful when you can practice it when it matters. And it normally matters when you're in relationship okay, with anything, with money, with food, with other people, with yourself, with your family, with your professional, in your professional theater, or with your romantic partner. Uh, because they are the moments where it's likely that the misunderstanding will occur, or that um, yeah, issues, egocentric, normally driven issues will arise. And then who are you then? You know, how do you respond then? And practicing on the mat, uh, different breathing techniques, practicing breathing through your nose, practicing uh, breathing uh, long and deep, practicing being conscious uh, in the present moment of, of breathing. Uh, it all helps and adds to this habit because human beings are creatures of habit of being present and being conscious uh, and what I what I uh, see for myself is that from this practice, when I am in the living yoga of everyday life, in relationship with people and things and situations and circumstances, that it's it's this relationship with the mind. It's the mind always dragging us around. Okay, if we if we let it if we let it run away from us, if we let the mind become the master, it will become a very dangerous master actually. Yeah, because it will start to make assumptions and projections. It will start to open 10 trains of thought simultaneously. And that can become very confusing and agitating. And, and then that, because the body is the lens of the mind, then uh, it's the lens of emotion, then uh, we start to express this kind of agitation or this confusion or this projection 
or this kind of uh, toxic emotion or these kind of poisonous thoughts or these old kind of stories and ideas and um, things that have been programmed into us by our yeah by our circumstances as we grow up as a little child because that's where we learn social negotiation i really try to make it simple for people and um one of the first things that i advise people who who are trying to develop a kind of deeper awareness about how to stay peaceful in the present moment when things have become difficult is to really breathe slowly through the nose is to slow the breath down, breathe through the nose, because it really regulates the, the breath in a much slower rhythm. Uh, and when we slow down the rhythm of the breath, it slows down the cadence of the heart. And when we slow down the cadence of the heart, the breath and the heart together, which are the two primary biorhythms in the human being, they also start to slow down the, the yeah, the kind of chaotic thoughts that just naturally emerge and arise from yeah feeling challenged in life uh, and it starts to create a more stable harmonic resonance between the hemispheres and that actually clears the field of perception or misperception as it were and it allows us actually to act from a more authentic and a more stable and a more kind of genuine sincere place even when things are difficult. I love that you call it living yoga because it's so important to identify the fact that, or you talk about the fact that the mat is really just the practice, right? Because sort of the pious ritual is fine. It can be very beautiful, it can, but it's, it's really just a training ground so that when you're doing your everyday, you're able to sort of take those values in, in that space with you. I think it was Alan Watts who said something like, you don't peel the potatoes and talk to God, you just peel the potatoes. But the idea is, is that what you're doing is this holy, sacred thing. And so the, the ritual of yoga, it's a beautiful thing, a, a moment in the day or a, a moment you know, in, your, in your week or whatever, but it's actually the values within it are what you take with you. And, and I, I have a deep appreciation for that because it, it is really about being able to sort of walk through the day, the week, the month, the year with sort of a, a consistency and understanding that you're one with your breath, that you're one with your body, right? The, the thing that continues to be a deep fascination for me is the, the inner pharmacy, you know, is the way in which the kind of endocrine system, the way in which the nervous system and the endocrine system is the most advanced pharmacy in the known universe, the way that it can generate any cocktail of chemistry under the right conditions, the way that it can really deeply transform uh, a person on every level when they're trained actually how to manufacture um, the kind of stable, balanced, healthy chemistry that gives rise to the feeling of just feeling happy and grateful for being alive and awake in a human body. For, for me, I don't understand why this is not taught at school. And one of the things, one of the first programs that I will release is uh, a program called What They Didn't Teach You at School. 
and it will be all the basic things that you should have been taught at school about exactly how to do that do those things how to how to do exercises that would stimulate the birth of new chemistry good chemistry healing chemistry like you know the secretion of serotonin dopamine oxytocin noradrenaline you know uh, the kind of the chemicals that make you feel happy, naturally happy and grateful and calm. It's such, such a fun thing to sit with people who haven't learned these things and then suddenly to show them and then to see the response, like the immediate impact uh, when they have this experience. And it's like, wow, like, oof, like, nobody showed me that it's like yeah it's cheaper than wine baby it's cheaper than wine when somebody sort of discovers a way for themselves to come back to themselves and feel at peace within their own body it's mm. it's beautiful it's yeah. it's poetic yeah. you know and it's um, so simple and it's for free you know yeah. and it doesn't cost anything I mean, obviously, it might, it, you might have to invest something in learning from somebody who has dedicated their whole life to studying those things. But that's, that is an investment in the most valuable asset you will ever have, which is yourself and your peace of mind and your physical well-being. And there is no thing more precious than this in life. No wealth, no privilege, no status, no, no acclaim, no fame, no nothing is worth anything without you know, good physical health and peace of mind. Now, I work a lot with people who are very wealthy, but you know, without the peace of mind, without the good health, that privilege doesn't have the same value. Yeah, with a radical acceptance of of just being present, being oh, okay, this is my circumstance, this is my space, and and when you come to that and come to that, which sometimes I'm of the belief, sometimes I think, uh, you know, at least in the experiences that I've had, refugees were the greatest teachers of that because they really had nothing else but now. Mm. There is no future, mm. their past is gone, and, and all they have is, is right now. And so, you know, when we can come to sort of this acceptance that this is what we have, right here, right now, my breath, my body, and, and you find the ways to, to sort of click that on, um, it, it makes such a difference in your everyday, in your everyday living space. Which leads me into a bit of a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a spirit thing too. It's a soul thing. It's a spirit thing. No matter what a person's faith or belief system is, there's that connection is more than just body. That connection is something beyond the body that different people have different names for. Is there an exercise that, you know, people can sort of take away with them from this that Absolutely. is just a simple reminder um, you know, each day, especially during this time when people are feeling stressed about a myriad of things, you know, what's, what's maybe, uh, you know, a simple exercise they can carry with them in their, in their mind and their body. Mm, absolutely. hundred percent. So, um, whenever I'm asked this question, especially right now at this time, um, the, the simplest thing that people can do is something called four part breathing. And whenever we breathe in four parts, it creates a very stable, um, it creates a lot of stability in the psychic field and in the biological kind of responses in the body. Um, and yeah, the, the most the thing that I would like to share with people now is a, a meditation called anti-anxiety meditation. I think it's just very poignant, very appropriate as people, you know, are very naturally anxious about their 
livelihoods, their finances, their, the future of what's going on, how long this is going to last for, and all the kind of normal and natural concerns and considerations that people have right now. I would say what they should do is just sit tall and straight. Um, they should take up any kind of, uh, kind of simple uh, hand position. Um, they could either just let the right hand rest in the left with the pads of the thumbs touching. They could just allow the first finger and the thumb just to touch the the hands back to the hands resting on the knees. Um, yeah. Well, I won't try to describe any more complicated hand address because it could get complicated, but just something very simple with the hands. Sit nice and tall, uh, either sitting on the ground or if you're on a chair, just sit with your both your feet flat on the ground and take four sips of it in through the nose to the top of the in-breath. Hold the breath at the top for a few moments and then maybe holding for about four or five seconds with the breath held inside. Try to keep the face and the shoulders relaxed with all the breath held inside and then exhale all the way out through the pursed lips like a little slit in the lips so that you can release the breath very slowly and for a long time. And because the out breath is the breath of relaxation, it is very difficult for the body to maintain tension while we're exhaling. So it's just four sips of air in through the nose, like one breath broken into four parts. Hold the breath at the top. Hold for about four or five seconds. And then exhale all the way through the pursed lips, like a little slit in the lips and try to breathe completely so we use the full capacity of the lungs so when we breathe out we breathe out completely so there's nothing left to come out when we breathe in we breathe into the top and we just go for about between six and ten rounds of that kind of breathing and i can assure you that you know it is a way in it is the anxiety killer it is a thing that brings down any kind of anxious or disturbing or uncomfortable thoughts and emotions immediately. It quickly delivers you back into the lake of tranquility in the present moment and into a very calm and peaceful uh, perception so that you can move again from that place. Okay, thank you for that. I hope that exercise was helpful for you and that you'll practice it again and again and again with your children, with your partner, with your families, with your friends. And you do this each day, more than once if you need to. It's important that we remember to just focus on our breath and come back to ourselves. And that way, we can proceed in the world in a way that feels far more calm amid the unknowing, amid the mystery Thank you for joining me, and stay tuned for more to come. We'll continue with Amir next week. I leave you there to live and move and have your being.